Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. We are here with Shelly Paxton. Think Brene Brown meets Biker Babe with a dash of Liz Gilbert. As former chief marketing officer of Harley-Davidson, Shelly found herself at the top of the proverbial mountain, feeling success empty instead of successful. That awakening led her on a profound soul battle journey that became her mission, business, and best-selling book, Soul Battle: A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. It was named number one on Forbes 2021 books to read in 2021 list, and she's leading a revolution to rewrite the script of success and liberate a billion souls. Welcome, Shelly. I'm so excited to have you here. Ah, Thank you, Jessica. So good to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, I'm really excited about this conversation. But before we dive in, give us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Oh, man. Well, I love thank you for reading that bio statement because it still (laughs) lights me up. I am, as as it said, right, I got to the top of this proverbial mountain. So what was that? I spent 26 years in the corporate world, in advertising and marketing. Honestly, no regrets working for some of the most incredible global iconic brands from Harley Davidson, which was where I ended my corporate career at AOL, Visa, McDonald's, Intel, some really amazing, sexy brands. And I was being rewarded. I was ticking all of the boxes of traditional success. I was going through everything my dad taught me, right? Everything (laughs) I was conditioned to believe meant success. And I was like, got it, got it, got it, got it. And so there I was in my 40s at Harley freaking Davidson as the chief marketing officer, you know, the, like the, one of the sexiest brands in the world that people tattoo on their bodies. And part of my job was riding motorcycles around the world <laughs> with one of the most loyal customer bases you could ever imagine. So how on earth did I get to that place and feel empty inside? Hmm. So that line you read, it still gives me chills every time I hear it, because that idea I think is so familiar familiar for people. You know, whether you were doing what I was doing in the corporate world or as an entrepreneur, as a mom, I mean, any title, we get to that place where it's like, wow, I've been doing all the shoulds. I've been ticking mm-hmm. all the boxes of somebody else's definition of success instead of really, really digging deep and understanding what is mine and what is my truth and what are my non-negotiables. And in my case, when I came to this realization at Harley, I realized I was living my dad's dream. That was the emptiness inside. That's why I wasn't feeling full, successful as in fulfilled. 
So yeah, that's that's the nutshell version of the story and zero regrets, but I'm really glad I got a wake up call of a nightmare that really helped me pause and slow down and get clear on what matters most to me and start blazing that trail for myself. Yeah, so I I love that and I feel like so many people even if they haven't achieved like the success on paper that you have, but have come from the corporate world and are feeling that burnout and that emptiness and that you can't even be yourself in the office sort of feeling. I feel like so many people resonate with it. On the other hand, I'm curious, how do we get so far feeling so empty? You know what I mean? Like, how did you reach that pinnacle? And only until you hit a point, which I'm curious what that point is Mm. or was, you know, how do we get that far when we don't even really want it? Yeah. I mean, I've uh, many responses to that, but the Mm -hmm. one that the ones that really resonate with me that I wrote about in my book that you mentioned, I mean, I was playing the game one of, well, this is what I was taught Mm -hmm. equals success. Mm -hmm. So I was so conditioned to believe that when I ticked all of those boxes, I would be in some state of nirvana. I would have made it right. And made it would equal happiness, joyful, fulfillment, you know, insert word here. And I was also playing the game of I'll be happy when, and Mm -hmm. I think so many of us, myself included, get caught in that really vicious and destructive cycle of, oh, I'll be happy when I make a hundred thousand dollars. I'll be happy when I make $500,000, a million dollars. It doesn't even matter how big the number is. Right. Right. Because that is never going to be the thing that brings the happiness and the fulfillment. Right. I've played, I've played that game on so many levels. I'll be like, you know, I'll be, you know, I'll be ready for the photo shoot when I'll be beautiful enough to be on my website when I weigh X hundred pounds, I'll be, you know I mean? We make up these stories that, and it's like, no, actually I'm worthy now. I'm enough now. What do, what does it mean to be fulfilled now and get really honest with ourselves? But to be honest, we're not taught that. And that is one of the many reasons that I'm on this mission to rewrite the script of success because I want, because my own personal journey and my wake up, which we can talk about, I'll tell you what the catalyst moment for heading in this direction was, but I'm like, wow, we've been sold a bill of goods about what success means. And so let's start to normalize a conversation that success for Jessica is different than Shelly is different Mm -hmm. than anybody listening to this podcast right now, because that's how we define it. What fills me up, what might be different than what fills you up. Right. Absolutely. And I think a big piece of that, I know for me, was money. And I know you sort of mentioned Mm -hmm. something about uh, money a few minutes ago. And I remember when I was, I had said yes to a position. It was a VP position. I was like, uh, you know, I set a number and they said, yes. And I was like, this is the most money I've ever been ever made in my whole life. It's a VP on paper. It looks great, but I was miserable. I was so unhappy. And I remember just going back and forth like, oh, but it's so much money. blah blah. And finally I asked myself one day, if you died tomorrow, would you be happy with how you spent the last six months of your life? At that point, I'd only been working with them for them for six months, but I just knew it wasn't right. And the answer was so clear. Like, no, I would not. 
Um, and so I love that. Okay. Yeah. So, so I will, this will maybe back into my story. Mm. Your question is so powerful because what I ended up asking myself similarly is when I, so I started having, I started feeling this emptiness mm. while I was at Harley and I started having this nightmare that mm. would rip me out of my sleep and literally make me face this, you know, sort of demon. I'll explain the nightmare in just a second. And it was crippling me. It was debilitating. I wasn't able to sleep. I was trying to numb myself to sleep at night by drinking a ridiculous amount of wine to incapacitate this nightmare, do anything. And then in the morning, I was like putting on all the shiny stuff, the makeup and all the shiny jewelry and the high heels and all the things like distract everybody. Don't let anybody know there's a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And what became super clear to me is I was like, what if I keep going at this pace, feeling this way, and I turn 50? Because at that time, I was 45, 46 years old. I was 46 when I was 45 when the nightmare started, and 46 a year later when I left wow. Harley. And I thought, you know, I'm almost at, you know, quote unquote, midlife, proverbial midlife. Like, if I feel this way when I turn 50, I might not even be alive actually. Right. And mm -hmm. I will feel, I will be burned out. I will not be alive. I will not be the bright light. I know I was meant to be in this lifetime. So what gives, right? I'm moving further away from who I want to become, not closer to mm -hmm. that was the wake up call and wake up question for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. instead by choosing the courageous thing to do because who leaves the job of being chief marketing officer of Harley <laughs> Davidson? No one, Every th everybody thought I was crazy. Instead, by the time I was 50, I turned 50 one week after my first book was published by Simon and Schuster wow. by taking one bold, brave, badass step out the door of Harley to say, I'm going to risk investing in myself. I'm going to risk reconnecting with my soul and my truth. Even if it points me back in the direction of the corporate world, that's okay. Mm. But I'm going to give myself this chance to explore, which is how a sabbatical and the idea of, you know, living a life more authentic, courageous, and purposeful was born. But it was really born out of a nightmare that would not let me sleep until I faced my truth. Wow. And what, and before I move on, what was the nightmare? Cause I know listeners are like, wait, what was it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So the book starts here. I will. So spoiler alert, but there's a whole lot of other yummy stuff in the book. So the book starts with this idea. So I was probably about five nights a week experiencing this haunting journey where I'm being pulled through rooms that are kind of like, wait, it sort of looks like my apartment, but not, it had the eerie feeling of like mm. something bad happened here or is about to happen here. And every time I was like pulled by this force to step forward and I had no control. So I was step forward, open the door, end up in this dark, lifeless, windowless room pulled forward. I'd see the outline of this little tiny utility closet. I didn't know what room I was in. I was like, where the hell did this utility closet come from? And I would be forced to open it despite like resisting every time. And when I would open it on the floor of this utility closet was my puppy, 
who had died six years prior. But in my nightmare, he was still alive, trapped in this closet, totally neglected because I had forgotten he was alive and I wasn't caring for him. And he was a fat little pug. His name was Mocha. Mm. But in this nightmare, like all of his fat rolls are like cloaked out on the floor. He can't even lift his head up. He's whimpering. He's malnourished. He's neglected. He's longing for love. So I am bawling my eyes out. I literally will scoop him up. The end of the nightmare every single time was me scooping him up. I'm like whispering in his little velvet ears. Mm. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then I would wake up and I would bawl for another hour. And I finally got to a point about four ish months into the nightmare where I was like, I need help. I need help. Like I, you know, and this is, this is a big lesson. And one that I share with everybody, it's like asking for help is a sign of strength not a sign of weakness. I was absolutely taught that it was weakness and I have learned and embraced that it's strength. And when I finally went to a doctor, I went to an integrative medicine doctor and I was just like, help me. I, I don't think I can stay in this cycle. I know I can't stay in this cycle. Mm -hmm. I need to understand why is this happening? What is it telling me? And he was the first person at 45 years old who introduced me to meditation. And this idea of sitting still. And so I'm not here to preach as like, I am no, you can see me. I am no like guru on a mountaintop (laughs) in white robes. Mm -hmm. And I still struggle sometimes with meditation. But what he really helped me understand is the power of slowing down Mm -hmm. and sitting still. And in this case, I did start, you know, a sometimes successful meditation practice where I started to understand that Mocha, my puppy, was a proxy for my soul. Mm. And I was watching my soul just screaming to me, like longing, you know, listen to me, love me, nurture me, feed me. And that was the true wake up call for me. And now having written the book, I saw a pattern of this happening over time. I looked back to when my body was trying to tell me the same thing. I had several serious illnesses Mm. and I was like, push through, push through. I can do this. I'm strong. So this was kind of the last call, right? Because our soul, it whispers and then it shouts and then it whacks us with a two by four. Yeah. And that's what the nightmare was for me. Wow. Wow. That was the, when you told me that story or when you told me that dream, when you said you saw your dog, that was the first thing I thought I was like, that is her crying out for help and love and support. Oh, wow. So I'm hearing so much in this story. And I feel like what I want to know is, and what I want to move on to is, so you, you had the great career. You had this moment where you're like, I just can't do this anymore. Tell us a little bit about if we're in that moment, like, how do we, how do like, what's the path here to redefine success and to get to create that fulfilling life that we realize we don't have right now? Walk us through those steps. Yeah. I mean, listen, this doesn't happen overnight. So I'm having a conversation with you five and a half years after Mm. I left Harley. So that's the first thing I want to say is like, you know, we all hear the joke of like overnight success. And we also all know there's no such thing as an overnight success. And I'm yet another proof point in that. So 
So what to me, I always say every badass accomplishment is a series of tiny steps. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, what tiny steps can you take in service of under, you know, connecting with your soul, Mm. listening deeply, understanding your truth and your values, and then taking little tiny steps toward creating a life and, you know, a life in service of that. And it's a one baby step at a time because when we get into motion, and this is a hundred percent what happened to me on this journey. So this is kind of my heroine's journey, right? Mm -hmm. As I took each bold, brave, but tiny step forward, you know, and they're all significant in their own right, taking a step out of Harley over that Mm -hmm. threshold into a completely unknown world. I had no idea where I was going, what I was doing. I gave it this crazy name, Soulbatical, because didn't have any other way of describing to people what I was doing. I was sort of inventing this like way of being. And then the universe would send me like, I call them breadcrumbs. Yeah. Like, give me little signs. Mm-hmm. Synchronicity started to happen, right? I'd get little signs and it was like, oh, okay. Okay. Like sort of go in that direction. And one of the commitments I made as a way to honestly, just to give myself some way of structuring this really scary, really uncertain journey was to say one way to reconnect with my soul was to reconnect with my passions. Mm. So for me, three of my passions that I felt really disconnected from at those times that I thought may be a path back into my truth was um, travel. I did a lot of business travel. I did a lot of riding motorcycles around the world, but I wasn't really traveling on my terms. And I'm like, what would it look like to travel on my terms again? The other one was writing. I always knew I wanted to write a book. And I was like, Shelly, then why haven't you been writing articles? Why have you been doing all these things? I basically become a pro at writing bullets bullet points mm-hmm. on PowerPoint slides. And I was like, well, this isn't a great use of my writing talent. So let's get back to long form writing and just see what comes from that. And then the third one was photography. I'd mm. always loved photography. And I thought, well, maybe that'll give me a, a unique or different perspective on the world. If I start looking through very literally through that lens again. Yeah. So those were three of the things that guided me early on in the journey. So I would say tiny steps, What does it look like for some of those tiny steps to be reconnecting with some of your passions Mm -hmm. and carving space out? And the other thing I'm, I'm always, always, always wanting to, to make very clear is living a sabbatical life means living more authentically, more courageously, more purposefully. Mm -hmm. It does not mean you have to leave your job. It's Mm -hmm. more about finding yourself than leaving your job. And that's really important. So this is like slowing down, getting still, reconnecting with those things that really light us up. And in the book, there's an exercise. So if somebody's still sitting here going, yeah, okay, okay, but I'm still like not sure. I, you know, the, I always love the snow globe analogy where it's like, Mm. you know, when you shake up the snow globe, we can't see anything clearly. When we slow down and let it settle, suddenly we see things more clearly. Another way to go about it is to do this exercise that I call soul fuels versus soul sucks. Give yourself 10 minutes, put 10 minutes on a clock on your phone clock or whatever, and 
draw a line down a piece of paper on the left-hand column, entitle it soul fuels, right-hand column, entitle it soul sucks. Give yourself five minutes stream of consciousness on each column and just write down on the left. It's like, what are those things that light you up, that give you energy, that you know, you could do forever and lose track of time. We all know what these things are, but do a stream of consciously because often we're really surprised by some of the things that come up. And on the flip side, five minutes spent on what are the soul sucks in your life? You know, often the things that they drain us, they're done out of guilt, out of obligation. There are things that are the shoulds in our lives, um, sometimes because they have to be and oftentimes because, well, we've always done it that way. And so after that 10 minutes, take a step back and look at those lists. Like which one is longer? What surprises you? What scares you? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? How do you create space for what you want more of? And oftentimes in there, there are, there are clues about some of the tiny steps that we can take because we're, we're often taking on a lot more of the stuff that drains us than we actually have to. Yeah. And that we even realize probably because it's and just then we even realize. So totally. Yeah. yeah. And I love this exercise also for um, listeners who are running their business, which a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs already, but it's so easy to get out of alignment in your business. And so I love the idea of using this exercise to just come back into alignment in terms of what do you want to be doing in your business? Yeah. What do you actually care about? What lights you up? Like you said, and, and then course correcting, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, we get to decide what it is we want to put our time and energy into. And I, I love this exercise to do exactly that. It's so true. And I'm an entrepreneur now, right? For the past like three and a half years and I lose my way. So I do this quarterly ish, mm. right? As a way to keep myself on track and find those sneaky little things that creep mm -hmm. back in because they do. And often in doing this, I also find that I'm following rules, like, which is so funny for a rebel to say, but then also I'm like, well, I thought I should do my business this way. Mm -hmm. I should do it that way. The people who make seven figures do it this way. And I'm like, no, I get to do it the way I want to do it. Exactly. Like you just said, and this is often a reminder, like shine a spotlight on those things where maybe we're not being so honest with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so how do we take all of this and rewrite our script of success. You know, how do we start, how do we figure out what success now looks like for us once we've tuned in and taken the time and reconnected? Yeah. I mean, it's so again, this is another thing that's been an ongoing journey and it's funny. You and I are talking at a time. It's not funny. It's, it's no coincidences, right? Mm -hmm. It is perfectly timed because I've just started work on my second book. Nice. And I joked about this when you and I were talking right before we hit record. And it's all about this this concept of being successful. Mm -hmm. And what does it look like for more of us to choose that path that's really, truly on our own terms, where we get clear about what's non-negotiable? So I'd say that's one of the first steps is mm -hmm. like, what is non-negotiable in your life? That could be family time. That could be evenings and weekends, absolutely no work. That could be, I want two months off to travel every year, especially because your audience is entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. We can go on and on. So often the first question I ask is like, 
what are the non-negotiables? And this is not an easy question to answer, but it is so enlightening and it will be the, you know, it'll be the beacon for the way forward um, for each person individually. So that's a really important one is getting clear on those non-negotiables. And, you know, those should sync up with your values, right? If you haven't done a values exercise to be super clear on what your highest values are, that's a valuable thing to do Mm -hmm. in in the course of saying, what does success look like for me? Because you're creating everything else in service of your truth, your values, and your non-negotiables. Those are kind of like the three points that are going to help to guide you forward. So um, that's one piece for sure. And the other, the other thing that I do on a regular basis, and this is very fresh for me because I've just been writing about it. I did a podcast episode on, you know, what, what it looks like for me to be living a life of fulfillment. Cause that's what the Mm -hmm. full and successful means. In my opinion, it's like, how do I live a life where I feel fulfilled from the inside out every day on Mm -hmm. some level. So there are a couple of things happening in my world. One is I've shifted the way I think about currency. I've stopped beating Mm -hmm. myself up that I don't make as much money as I used to make at Harley. I am so much more um, lit up and energized and alive and fulfilled than I ever was in my marketing world. And I was damn good at what I did. But I'm like, wait a second, the currency is different. And so whenever I start to beat myself up about like, oh, maybe there aren't enough zeros behind what I'm reporting on my tax income or whatever it is, I remind myself that my new currency, I call it love notes, the currency Mm -hmm. of love notes, because I'm on a mission, like you said, to liberate a billion souls. And I know I'm not going to do that on my own. So I just say, am I liberating one beautiful soul at a time? like Mm -hmm. one soul a day. And it's usually like, so I keep track of, I keep a little love notes folder. People who send me their beautiful stories, like your book inspired Mm -hmm. me. I made the biggest change in my life that I didn't think I had the courage to do until I read your book, or you helped me through a really rough time of transition. You helped me achieve my dream, whatever it is. I keep those because those are my new currency. And I get DMS, you know, on social media, all of that stuff reviews, even remind me why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with the number of zeros in my bank account. Yeah. I love that. I I don't know if you think about it that like, if you have your version of thinking about it that way. Yeah, I do. I feel like I often just refer to that kind of as your brag file, you know, even like feedback, you know, in terms of running your business, like feedback from clients that were like, this was so helpful or, you know, we got a bunch of sales because of the work that you did for us or whatever, you know, it's just that in my mind, that thing that you can come back to again and again when you need yes. to be reminded of why you're doing what you're doing, even if maybe you're not there where you want to be just yet. You know, it's a reminder that where you are is 
you're, you're doing the work, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're having an impact. Yeah. Yeah. I love this idea of, I call my new ROI is ripples of impact instead mm. of return on investment. Now let's be honest. I'm a business person. Return on investment is important. Yeah. Like we don't want to be silly <laughs> as we're running our businesses, but this new layer of ripples of mm. impact is so powerful. It reminds me that it's not all just about the money. And I think it keeps me more connected with my work in the world and my mission in the world. And the other thing that I do, and I'm curious if this resonates with you, is I ask myself five questions at the end of the day. And these questions vary. Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's five. I change up the questions, but I was literally just writing about them the other day and I got them in front of me. These these questions are, I don't know, is it helpful? We go through, go through these yeah, quickly. Let's do it. So this is, I, so I'm going to share mine. I hope they spark thinking for anybody listening to this right now. But the, the point is create your own, like what will, how will you check in at mm. the end of each day to say, like, am I on course for what I want to be doing for you know, for what successful means to me. And so my ones, my five right now, and again, these change all the time. My first is, did I show up for myself today? Mm -hmm. And what that really means is, did I honor my values and boundaries? Did I say yes to me more than I said yes to anyone or anything else? Right. So that's number one, which is a biggie for me as somebody whose boundaries have eroded like very significantly in the past. <laughs> that's been a that, is, that has been a huge lesson over and over again for me. So that's number one. Number two is was I guided by what lights me up? So by not by the shoulds, right? Not by someone else's agenda, someone else's opinion, someone else's expectations or checklist, but by what lights me up. And, you know, it's again, it's a check-in. This is a carrot, not a stick. Mm-hmm. Because if I wasn't, then it's like, great. What was the lesson that I learned? What do I want to do differently tomorrow? It's not, this is not a reason. Listen, we all have enough reasons to want to beat ourselves up. This is not, let's not beat ourselves up. Let's learn from day to day. Uh, the third question is, did I show up powerfully mm. in service of my mission? So this is an important one for me because it goes back to that ROI. Mm -hmm. Did I liberate at least one soul today, which helps make it more tangible for me and knowing I made a difference. It could have been a text. You're right. From a client or a DM from, you know, a follower on Instagram, whatever it is, somebody who read my book that just said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That reminds me that I am on point. Mm -hmm. The Fourth one is, did I do at least one thing today that scared me? Hmm. So I love this one because when I was saying, what does sabbatical really mean? It means living authentically, courageously, and purposefully. So this is the courage question, Mm -hmm. right? There are a lot of, a lot of the other ones were the authenticity questions. This is the courage question. So, you know, that could be as, listen, I'm not talking about, did I go skydiving and (laughs) jump out of an airplane today? Cause that does scare the shit out of me. Um, And I have not done that. I'm talking like, did I have the courageous conversation to say no, Mm. maybe a gracious no to someone because I knew I didn't have the bandwidth to do that. Or I really wasn't interested in collaborating, which a million people asked me to do. And I'm like, "Eh, no, it doesn't feel right. 
it could be a courageous conversation in your relationship, mm. right? I'm having a lot of those in my romantic relationship right now. So I love this idea of even the smallest courageous steps because those are our growth edges and it feels really powerful to me. And the last one is how do I feel? Because I believe that as we talk about this idea of successful and redefining success, that it is truly a feeling Mm -hmm. and not a checklist. It is about being and not doing. Mm -hmm. And so I always want to check in like, how do I show up? How do I feel? Do I feel tired because I left it all on the field and I did everything I could today to, you know, make a dent in liberating a billion souls? Okay, that feels amazing. And if I didn't learn from it, but that's how lately how I've been thinking about really keeping myself honest on this new definition of success. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I love I love doing it at night when you can sort of like stack it with like, I'm getting into bed and I'm going to do my check-in. So there are no excuses. You could just run through it in your head really easily. Even just one question, you know, I've been feeling lately, like I'm sort of, I'm not super grounded in my purpose. I'm like sort of picking up a lot of things. I'm in this weird, like sponge space, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I love the idea of integrating some sort of question like that. Just a single question at the end of the night, like, was I moving toward my bigger picture vision? You know, was I showing up for that? So I think it's incredibly powerful. And we go, go through our lives without ever checking in without ever (laughs) saying like, Hey, like head heart, like what's happening in here. Are we feeling okay? You know, we just live on the surface. It's so much easier to do that. And, and something like this, I think really forces us to to get more centered in and see if we're living aligned. And, and if it, like you said, does it even feel good what I'm doing every day? Yes. And it slows us down, right? Mm-hmm. Because listen, this is, this is coming from somebody who wore busyness as a badge of honor for a very long time. Crazy busy were my two favorite words. And I'm mm-hmm. like horrified to even say that. And it was one of my biggest learnings when I first left. I was like, to what end? Like Mm -hmm. just running and running and running on this hamster wheel and feeling exhausted and burnt out and depleted and, 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 and. so this is, I, I think, you know, my invitation would be any practice that slows us down and really invites us inward for whatever short period of time. Oh, it's so powerful. That's how I do a better job of staying on track, but listen, I'm human. So I get it off track too. <laughs> yeah, of course we all do. And that's, and we're supposed to get off track, right? Whereas everything we're doing is supposed to be happening. It's teaching us as we go, we're learning, yes. picking up nuggets. You know, you were supposed to go that, you know, you were supposed to zag right when you zagged, right. There was nothing wrong with that. Yeah. As one of my coaches just said the other day, I was really struggling with something and she's like, Shelly, God or the universe, whatever you believe only sends angels. Mm. And I was like, damn, you're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is for us to learn. It's yeah. so powerful again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. Such a beautiful reminder. Cause so often we think we're making the wrong decision or we're doing the wrong thing. And, and that's just not the case, you know, where I am right now in this sort of weird in between phase as I'm launching something new and figuring this and that out, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be right here right now. This is exactly what's supposed yeah. to be happening for me. And I think there's a lot of, you know, like 
an exhale we can let out when we remind ourselves of that. Oh, it's so beautiful. And, and not only you just sparked a thought, and this is, this is a really powerful part of my practice too. not only remind ourselves of that, but give ourselves permission. Mm -hmm. That to me has been a transformational word. It, It may sound silly, but giving myself permission, I have a practice actually. So I have a practice. I have these orange post-it notes. So orange is my color. You can see mm-hmm. if you're watching the video, you see orange everywhere. I've always loved it. Um, and every morning I write myself permission slips. And this was inspired by Brene Brown and some things I learned from her. And the powerful question is, what do I need to give myself permission to feel, Mm. you know, to do, not do, or feel in order to show up as my most powerful, badass self today to do, not do, or feel like we don't check in. I'm like, yeah, where do I need to give myself permission? And maybe I don't need to stack my calendar. Maybe I need an hour just to let myself go outside and walk in nature. Maybe I need to let myself have two hours this afternoon to go to a museum and be a sponge and absorb Mm -hmm. all this creativity, all the things, right? Maybe, you know, we don't give ourselves permission to play and to do pleasurable things often enough that really refuel us. So that is another exercise that I do. Like, come on, let's give ourselves more permission, (laughs) Yeah, we, did, we, we, I think we've been conditioned, right? Just like with success, mm-hmm. we've been conditioned to deny ourselves or to believe that we have to earn play, earn pleasure, earn time off. This is all BS. Mm-hmm. And maybe your success, I know part of my success is having the freedom to decide when I want to play, right? Maybe play is an integral part of what living a fulfilling and successful life looks like for you. And you get to decide. That's the beautiful part. A f- thousand percent, a million percent, however many bigs, however big a percent can be. (laughs) And I know it's a hundred, but anyway, I love to to exaggerate. Yes. And I would argue that we, like, we can't be fulfilled if we're not honoring that play and pleasure are a part of how we show up powerfully in Mm -hmm. this world. That's what I would argue. That's the way I like to live. That's going to be a part of my definition of success for sure. And I wrote, I wrote this rebel leaders manifesto during the early days of the pandemic. And I talk about this idea of flipping the time off script, because Mm -hmm. this is very definitely from having spent so much time in the corporate world. But I think for entrepreneurs, this is also very real that we just, we get in it and then it's like, Mm -hmm. oh no, I can't not do the thing. I have to, oh God, no, just a few more hours. Oh no, just late night with my laptop on the couch. Like we get, we can get stuck in that cycle and forget to take that break. So I love this idea. It's like, instead of thinking of time off, that happens only when we are fully depleted, totally burnt out. We Mm -hmm. believe we've earned it, giving ourselves permission to take time off as a way to be more creative, be more innovative, see those connections that don't come from staring at a computer, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. So I believe that's a powerful part of living successful. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Well, this has been a powerful conversation. I love everything that you've shared. Listeners have taken away so much. I have no doubt in my mind 
before we wrap things up, can you give us one last gem, one little piece that if listeners walk away with nothing else, they walk away with this? Mm. My favorite line from my book and the thing I want everybody to either have like a bumper sticker or t-shirt that says authenticity is the truest form of rebellion. Mm. Society doesn't want us to do things on our terms. And I think rebels get a bad rap, but the reality is if we're being true to ourselves and how we're showing up in the world and in our businesses, we are rebels because we're doing it. We're breaking the rules. We're Mm -hmm. writing the rules. We're writing our script of success. So authenticity is the truest form of rebellion. So please go be a rebel. Yes. Go be a rebel ladies, please, please, please. (laughs) And okay. Let's switch gears and close things out. Tell us what you're getting intentional about right now. Well, I mentioned my second book. Mm -hmm. I am getting intentionable and intentionable. Is that (laughs) that a word? (laughs) Intentional about writing that book and really sinking into creating the space Mm -hmm. that's required to write and give myself that, that, um, yeah, space to create because you can't write in like, you know, little one hour meeting slots. Right. So it, it caused, you know, it's, it's a catalyst for me to reframe how I think about my time. So mm-hmm. being very intentional about creating that space for whatever yumminess wants to come out. I love that. And where can listeners connect with you outside of the podcast? Yes. So right now my website is soulbatical.com and soulbatical spelled with two B's and one T that's got kind of everything in my world. I am shifting to shellypaxton.com. That'll probably be live around June. I don't know when this is coming out. Um, so either way you can find me shellypaxton.com or soulbatical.com on Instagram. I'm at soulbatical. So come play with me there. Shoot me a DM. If you want to continue the conversation, I'm Shelly Paxton on LinkedIn and I have a podcast as well. It's called rebel souls podcast, and you can find it on any of your favorite pod platforms and, um, sign up for my newsletter. If you're really intrigued by any of this, you get to follow behind the scenes as I write this next book and really dig into what it means to rewrite your script of success and give you a bunch of soul fuel along the way. So Lots of ways. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you again so much for being here. This was such a wonderful episode. Thank you. You are very welcome. And we will catch you all on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.